Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome back our, to our viewers and listeners. We're excited for another engaging episode of Thriving Your Love today. We're going to be talking about a very important emotion that drives and also disconnects us in our loving relationships. And that topic today, Claudio, is fear, the emotion of fear and what it does to our relationships, what it does to our needs and how it impacts us internally. And as we talk about this emotion, we also want to preface that in this studying and understanding of emotions, that fear does not play out alone. That often in the moments of our disconnection with our loved ones, we are not just experiencing fear, Claudio, we are experiencing shame, sadness, anger, frustration, so many emotions that can come up. But what we're really excited about today is if we can slow down and really understand what does fear look like when we understand its presence and how does it get started in the first place? How, how do we experience fear if we put it to the side from all these other emotions that we're experiencing. So individually, we're going to look at fear today. Yes, we, we are going to show how some people, because of the experiences that they had, especially in their childhood, but maybe also in previous relationships, also whatever they bring from their ancestors, from inheritance, like in their genes, how it differs from person to person. But also, I, I want to point out, friend, everyone can be afraid. We all fear abandonment. We all fear losing someone who is important to us. But some people, as I said, they are more prone to that because of experiences that they might have had. And we're going to talk about that. And, and also, as I said, they're their nature, how they perceive what is happening around them. Right, Claudio. I think about this concept of the reptilian brain, which I've talked about before. It is in our nature. It is in our DNA. It is in our ancestry that we are prone to connect. The survival of the human experience is required to be fearful of disconnection, that this is the herd mentality. This is the tribe mindset. So any type of threat to the relationship automatically require us to feel that in our bodies. So I, I would go back to the reptilian brain of fight, flight, freeze. And so I would ask everyone who's listening to think about the first time you remember being afraid, the first time you remember being fearful and just allowing yourself, even when you hear the word fear, what happens? I know even talking about it today, Claudio, I felt a bit of fear about talking about fear and how fear is, first of all, not spoken about, not very often, Claudio. So I think it's so great that we get to talk about this 
how far back it goes and how much it is in our bodies, it is in our brain, and it's in everything we do that I would almost argue that almost every day we are experiencing a fear. We're facing a fear. Yeah. And when we think about fear, it has to do with anxiety as well. You said something beautiful about fear because fear is what drives us to connection. Connection is the solution to fear. So fear is like an alarm. It's an alarm in our brain that we need to seek connection because the connection brings security, makes us feel protected. It's unfortunate because of some traumatic experiences that people had in their childhood, not feeling connected with their uh, early attachment figures. They suffer from anxiety. They become more suspicious, hypervigilant, afraid. They have a difficulty trusting others. They might have a negative view of the other, and they, they might have ne a negative view of the self, like I am unlovable, I'm not worthy of love, of attention. And then this causes them to be very, very alert towards abandonment and even see abandonment where there is not. Right. And Claudia, I know we've spent a lot of time talking about attachment styles and it does help to set the story, to set the scene of how far back fear goes that our most loving relationships begin with our caretakers. And in the moments of feeling safe, we are using our antennas to get a sense of when we are in an environment where we're in a relationship with our caretakers, we feel that they are protecting us. Our survival requires us as babies, right? If we look at the still face experiment that we've seen in the YouTube videos, we've shown in our hold me tight workshops. And that we talk about on this podcast of babies, children are prone to pay attention to facial expressions, body language, that we don't have to be educated very much to know when something feels off, something feels inconsistent, and that a baby and a child will do anything and everything to get back online to that sense of safety, that sense of closeness that I'm going to be okay. You're, you know, you caretaker are going to make me feel we are in this together. And even now as adults, Claudio, right? We talk about this as couples therapists. We're wanting so much to get back to that sense of closeness and that connection that often we don't like talking about conflict for fear of disconnection. If I share too much with you, if I'm too vulnerable with you, then what will you think of me? Will you accept me? Will you reject me? Will you abandon me? That's how far it goes. Again, cradle to grave. Yes, exactly. So we are afraid of losing the person whom we love. We're, we are afraid of abandonment. And then we are afraid of saying, of being vulnerable enough to say, I'm afraid of losing. So it's the fear of the fear. And then we, we think that we need to hide these feelings because we might be rejected if we show them. You know, I want to go back to what we are saying about the childhood 
how these things start in our childhood. When we think about anxiety, we think about loneliness, feeling disconnected. I want to know that you are there for me, but I, I cannot feel. And you said that children, they come with some of things that they try to attract the, uh, the connection, the attention. They send some cues and some noises and faces that they make. And those things are so pretty and so precious and all in love with them. And then we respond. But see that some people, they don't know how to respond because in their own childhood, they didn't have people to respond to them. So when they see those cues, they those bid for connections that are natural, they come already with the child. They cannot really dance together. As you said, the child will notice pretty quickly and the child will do something to try to bring the adult to connect, but they might not be able to do that. They might not be able to really get a response so they feel alone, they feel disconnected, and then they feel insecure and it elevates the sense of threat. And then they enter a state of fight and flight with a lot of physiological uh, changes in their body. They have to do with what I was saying of anxiety, right? They feel anxious. Their heart beats increases and respiration and a lot of things that happens physiologically because they are feeling insecure. Exactly, Gladio. I, I also appreciate how when we were doing our work with our couples that I'm struck by the victories that couples will have where they are able to do something different than get into conflict and they can feel connection and closeness, but then they come back the next week and they're back in this vicious cycle, vicious conflict is that my couples, my partners, just like my children, clients, and teen clients are prone to look out for danger. It goes back to that reptilian brain of the expression we're familiar with is when is the other shoe going to drop? When it, when paying attention to criticism, to judgment, to any form that can threat, threaten the connection of our caretaker and also to our, our partner, our loved one. And so I, I do notice that in therapy, just in general, and I do this myself, Claudio, is that we focus on what our partner is not doing, or as a parent, focusing on what the child is not doing, rather than recognizing what is behind this is fear. If we could really slow this down and say, what is the story that the child is telling themselves? What is the partner telling themselves as they are being so careful to still stay connected to this person that they love? Because in this, and Claudio, I remember this when we were in our training as couples therapist, is that there are two driving forces that are happening within the loving relationship. And that is love and that is fear. And we are moving so hard. I want more love. I want more love. I will do anything for love. And we fear the loss of love. And so I see that each time in my therapy sessions of let's talk about everything we can do to fix it. Let's get back to love. Let's find a way to, to look at solutions. But in order to get to love, we have to talk about fear. We have to understand how much it makes sense that fear comes 
as a result, our greatest fear in life is to re be rejected and to be abandoned. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what you, you said now, the person who is afraid of losing the other, not knowing what is happening at the other side, because usually we say he or she doesn't love me. He or she doesn't care about me. He or she really doesn't want to be with me. He or she doesn't need me. When we really kind of uh, try to focus, we find out that it's something totally different. But we tell ourselves these things and it causes us to feel even more afraid because we think that this other person is purposefully not wanting to connect with us. Talking about children again, there are situations that causes a child to feel alone and to have these negative thoughts about themselves and about their caretakers. But like, for example, a caretaker that is not accessible, responsive, and emotionally engaged. The ARE that we mentioned in Emotionally Focused Therapy. For example, the caretaker is here physically, but as I was saying, there is no dance. There is no dance of connection. So the caretaker is here watching the cell phone, watching television, or thinking or worried about something or cooking. And the child is there, you know, trying to get the attention and, and doesn't feel really connected. And sometimes the caretaker might not be there, might have to work a lot and see a lot of immigrant clients that they have to work so much, two, three jobs, both of them on the weekends, you know, every day of the week and they, their children are alone and then they feel secure and their fear raises. And also sometimes the parent becomes the source of fear itself. When the parent is critical, judgmental, explosive, punitive. So that person that the child would see as someone that they would go for comfort, now they are afraid and they want to hide. They want to flee from that person. So if the person who is the source of comfort, if the person whom you would seek reassurance is not really available or is threatening where do you go? Who do you go to? And some kids don't have where to go, you know? When they feel threatened like that, they're completely alone. They're really scared. And they their fear goes to the roof. Their amygdala fires. They enter flight and flight. And it's really hard for them. Right, Claudia, I really appreciate you talking about this dynamic, especially for the immigrant experience for families that have been in fear. I think about trauma and about communities that come from all over the world to be in a place of refuge, of a place of safety. And the hope is for an opportunity to succeed. And I work in Silicon Valley. And so I'm struck by the experience of so many immigrants that have done everything they could to love their family, to be dedicated to their education, to come and have a different experience. So I'm thinking about this driving force, Claudio, that has sparked this podcast, Thriving Your Love is that from great fear comes great love and great sacrifice. And so it's 
important is you viewers, listeners are reminded that we need the reassurance of our families, of our communities and of our loved ones is we will do anything to be reassured that we can, in our moments of great fear, that we will be okay, that we can be safe. And we are prone and it's involuntary that we will know the signals that tell us that we're disconnected. And it can take great courage and great vulnerability to name when we're in these moments of fear, because if we've come from ancestry, we've come from countries where you weren't allowed to talk about fear, there will be consequences that it can be such a great hardship for an individual to be in the room with their therapist who's encouraging you to talk about your fear when your body is saying no, when your brain is saying no, but your heart is saying, yes, I want to be reassured that I matter to you, that I'm, I'm not going to be rejected and abandoned and punished by you with your anger, that I can come to you with my fear and that you will accept me. Yeah, so we see that there's a challenge that happens with immigrant families and happens also with families, you know, of low social economic situation. They have a lot of fears if they're going to be able to pay their bills and and then their children, they're also insecure and alone because the parents are working a lot and then they turn into other things like television and now, you know, Uh, video game and internet and social media. And some of them go even to drugs because the fear is so big. The loneliness, the insecurity is so intense. It's so painful that they try to numb that so they can survive. And then they run into other problems. And what happens is that when they feel alone, they feel anxious, and then they try something to numb, they become attached to that. Now, we are talking about attachment, the importance of connection. When they attach to these things, they are detaching from a human being. Or in other words, they don't have a human being to attach to because that human being is not available, is away. And that human being might might come home with so many worries that they don't have really the ability to be there for their children. So then these kids, they are going to attach to something. It's going to be like a surrogate. It's going to be in place of the attachment figure. Now they grow, they become adults, and now they have a problem with attachment because it's hard for them after they have attached it to drugs, to television, to internet, other things, is hard for them to attach to a human being again. And then we have a lot of problems that happen in relationship because people don't know, they, they cannot find the way, they don't know the language of connection, how they can attach to their loved one, to their children. You know, I was thinking that in the next, in our next podcast now, to focus on how this play out in adult relationships. We mentioned a little bit now, right? But we focus a little bit more in, in the what, what happens when we are children, what happens uh, when children feel anxious and disconnected. But now we want to focus in our next podcast how this will play out 
in the adult relationship, especially if you brought this trauma, you brought this just connection, what is going to happen and how you can learn again to attach, how you can learn to become secure, to connect. And I think about Claudio, as I know we're coming close to the end of our, our episode today is the addiction of love is that we need it. We want it. It's oxygen. And if we don't have it, we find the resiliency of either pursuing or withdrawing. Pursuing is getting angry and protesting and saying, why, oh, why won't you give me what I'm needing? And withdrawing is why, oh, why can't you see how hard I'm trying? Why can't you see the good in me? Why can't you see I'm a loving child, teenager, partner? And if we can't feel that love, we replace it with things and with activities. And we do have a society, a world where we can get very addictive Mm -hmm. in video gaming and social media, the list goes on, right? And so in our next episode, I feel Claudio, it kind of speaks for itself that we could speak to how this plays out in the adult loving relationship. So that with that being said, I think that's a good place for us to, to pause and just thank everyone for tuning in and appreciating this important reminder about the emotion of fear in and of itself it takes great courage to be able to even recognize when we are in fear and what it does to us because we so deeply long to be loved. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.